This is Living Proof Radio, May 2024. All of our full episodes are available on our Patreon with weekly drops, a Patreon-only radio show, and Living Proof magazine delivered to your house every issue, as well as our entire members-only library backlog. Patreon.com slash York. So I'm skating at Williamsburg Monument, minding my fucking business. Me and my homies start talking shit. And one of them's like, says something to me. And I'm like, yo, whatever, like, I'll slap you up. We ended up slap boxing. He slapped the shit out of me relatively easily. I was like, oh, shit. Googled it, everything. Came, came across boxing. Went down the rabbit hole on Google, YouTube, everything. You know, one of the best. It is, in my opinion, and pretty widely regarded, like, the best just punching system. If you're just punching, this is, like, the way to go. Um, then I started boxing in New York. I got super into it. It even actually like really took me away from skating a lot because I got so heavily into it and like your body can only take so much, you know, physical, physical abuse, honestly, especially if you're sparring and doing all that. So I started boxing and I remember like, you know, those experiences were so surreal to me, um, Mm -hmm. coming, coming from like skateboard graffiti background, like boxing is like really, it's like athletes in that shit, you know? Um, people were so far removed from anything that I was into and I would like spar for the first time and first many times. And I was like, dude, like you are straight up defenseless against these dudes. If if they're really good and they know what they're doing, like they could kill you. They're being nice. Um, so yeah, I got, I got super into that. Come across, come across you. And I'm like, oh damn, like, you know, he's like a fucking legitimately skating and also doing this boxing shit. So, uh, yeah, what's up with that? How did you get into that? Uh, well, it first started, uh, I've always been into boxing, like growing up. Um, never really watched like the present day boxing, but was just like the classic, like older fighters and everything that you, everyone kind of knows of. But uh, my friend Benny, who like does all the hockey stuff, he is like heavily into boxing and he would like kind of show me like the dudes that are in boxing present day like triple g um just like dudes who are like pretty badass at boxing like and champions and stuff today so i saw all that stuff and was just like started watching and then i got into a knee injury and i couldn't skate so it was kind of like I've always wanted to try boxing and it was like, might as well just like do something in the meantime while I have, uh, like a lot of downtime. But, uh, I like went to a gym and just started training. And then it was like something that I got obsessed with. Like, like you said, it's just like went down a rabbit hole and it's been like that ever since. Was it was it hard uh, to balance the two, or is it because you had that downtime that it was pretty chill? At first, it was like, you know, uh, pretty easy for me to just get fully wrapped up in it because it was like I couldn't skate. Um, I had a lot of downtime because it was uh, I had to get a new ACL, but uh, I my bone canal was like too wide for them to put it in, so it, I had to get a bone graft and get that plugged first so it was like sitting like eight months just without a ligament in my knee and i had to like wait for that bone graft to heal and uh like so it was just like 
training at the gym and just like getting so wrapped up in that was like what I did. It, so. it felt fine with your knee, like boxing felt fine with, with no ligament and a fucked up leg. No, it felt crazy. Yeah. Like it wasn't, uh, my knee was like loose and everything, but, uh, my doctor told me like, it's good to stay active. Um, whatever, like I just did boxing. Cause it's just like for me to go to a gym and keep up with like exercising stuff is pretty hard. So boxing was like something like jump roping, um, learning just like your stance and everything balance. It was just something to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. How'd you, how'd you choose the gym you went to? Uh, I went to CM boxing stables at first cause it was by my house and I was just there and, uh, kind of was training for maybe a year out of there. And I ended up moving and going to Wildcard Gym, and I've been at Wildcard ever since. So was Wildcard where they did the the Thrasher thing? No, that was my trainer works at Wildcard, but they did um, that gym was in Gardena called. Um, it was I'm drawing a blank. It was one of my trainer's friends' gyms. Uh, Shit, I can't even think of it. Yeah, no worries. So, so you, how did you end up coming across your trainer? Uh, well, there's like a couple skaters that went to Wildcard. Oh um, no way! Yeah, this dude Santino, he, he's like a pretty rad boxer. He was amateur, and uh, I would see him at the gym, and he said I was kind of just going there just to work out and stuff, like no trainer, and he told me. I should link up with this dude, Pepe Riley, who's like a, um, one of Freddie Roach's like assistant trainers and he's, uh, really good. So told me to link up with him and I asked him if he would train me and we've been together ever since. So how long ago was this? Uh, probably two years ago. Cool. So mm -hmm. then you started training at wildcard. You'd see like Freddie Roach and who else would you see around there? I mean, there, there, isn't there a bunch of, uh, pretty like professional well-known boxers who train out of wild card oh yeah like they have a downstairs private gym and um but you see like freddie upstairs every day like he's just behind the counter hanging out um you see fighters coming in upstairs like um i've seen mark mcsio and like a bunch of different dudes that you're just like well i've seen like david benavidez there and just like a lot of random dudes, um, but you just see them and you're just like, oh, wow. Yeah, because, like, I mean, that's one of those gyms where people will come across the world just to just to do a kind of like a drop-in, train there for a week or wherever. Yeah, yeah. Like, they have camps and everything. They have dudes coming in for sparring. Um, so, in the parking lot, you see, like, some really nice cars and you're just like, oh, someone big's here. So, yeah, yeah. Did, did it feel weird? Because, like, coming up skateboarding your whole life, you're probably so comfortable in that world. Then you go to this spot. I mean, the smell is different. The look is different. The type of people there are different. The sounds that you hear are different. Um, and you're just kind of like, you're like now the new Jack where like within skating, it's like you're far from. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was a totally different change of pace because I didn't play any sports really like growing up. Didn't care for them. Uh, never had like coaches or trainers or anything like that. And uh, 
it's a totally different environment and everything but it's pretty similar to skating in a way too because it's just like uh you're putting yourself on the line like body mental physically and uh a lot of discipline so for me it was like easy to transfer over into that but when i first started going it was pretty nerve-wracking because you're just like uh it's like hand on hand combat so yeah yeah and i mean boxing's pretty pretty gnarly yeah pretty gnarly too like people see the people see like i mean at least this was my experience like homies of mine who, who know nothing about any type of combat sports or boxing or whatever i'd be like yeah like i sparred for the first time today or like yeah like uh today's like sparring day like it might be pretty gnar you know um yeah to be like but why you're, like, you're wearing you're wearing like pretty thick padded gloves and like headgear the gloves can be like you know 16 ounce whatever pretty yeah. pretty thick gloves um and headgear and like in theory like i guess from an outsider's perspective it's like you're straight yeah it's like you're not straight dude that's like meant to protect your hands um so it's actually like it like lets you hit harder and also the headgear so you don't get cut you know, like that doesn't stop concussions, which is like the main problem. Yeah. I mean, I think because the uh, gloves are so big and because you can take so many blows, it's actually like in the long run, not as good for you. Um, but like people get knocked out all the time in sparring. It's all like, the time. Yeah. It's all like just a normal occurrence, especially like bigger dudes and everything. You see like bigger dudes spar and like. Those punches, when you're, like, at the ring, they sound like firecrackers. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah, and, I mean, if you block them, that shit still go... Like, you still get yeah, you impact. feel it. You feel it. Like, that shit could knock you out if you block that shit. Like, if the dude's strong enough. No, for sure. Like, people punch through gloves all the time. Like, uh, yeah, it's a humbling sport, like, when you start getting into it and everything, because it's not easy. Yeah. So. And you really, you really realize how human you are. Yeah, for sure. Like, you're not, there's someone who will smoke you. Oh. No matter how good you are. Yeah, like, that's, like, the purpose of sparring, I guess. Like, you can, uh, like, some days are just, like, you feel good, and then other days you're just off, but, like, getting in there with like someone who's better than you is humbling for sure. Yeah. How long did you, how long were you boxing until they had you start sparring? Uh, at CM boxing stables, they threw me in like right away. And <laughs> I was just like, they kind of just wanted to see like what I was like in the ring. And I mean, it was funny cause I just didn't know anything. I would just like fight people. And it was like, uh, whatever. And then, going to wild card and my trainer is just like really big on stance balance defense and everything so i completely fought differently from at those two different gyms um but yeah like i started sparring right away and um uh, it was definitely like a crazy experience yeah yeah and your knee is all fucked up yeah my knee was messed up and they had like a, a heavyweight that was an amateur at that gym and he tuned me up pretty good a couple times. So Yeah. I mean I mean when you usually when you first start sparring they have you go against someone who's way better than you so he could kind of protect you. Yeah. You know what I mean? In a way, like they're still gonna tune you up though. 
Oh, he didn't hold back. Really. Yeah. No, so dude, I was just like, yeah, I was like just fighting some dude, but whatever. I've never been, uh, knocked out and I've never been knocked down, but you ever like, gotten really dazed. I've been hit pretty flush, like on my temple where it just like flashed like a green static. Yeah. And, uh, whatever. I know it's real, like getting knocked out and everything you get hit in the right spot. Like, yeah, it's kind of, um, there's just shit that goes on and like your brain shakes and stuff. So it's also wild because like three minutes doesn't sound like shit until you're doing that. Yeah. Then three minutes is like an eternity. You're like really out of breath. You look over, there's like two minutes and fucking 30 seconds left. Oh, and yeah, when it's like first starting out and you're just in there, like three minutes is eternal. Like it's, feels so long and you get so tired within the first minute or so because you're just like you're not holding your breath um like loading up too much and everything you're not relaxed it's there's so much stuff that goes into it yeah but, um yeah like eventually cardio and everything gets better but like going three two three rounds of sparring at first was like torture no like if someone the first time sparring can go six that's insane yeah for like sure. nobody like no one's doing that yeah it's unless it's like a kid or something yeah. that's just like a natural athlete but um there's so much to it like breathing and uh knowing to control your power and like relaxing and everything yeah yeah, missing punches gets you really tired. Oh yeah, especially like if you like load up on a shot and you miss, it's just like yeah. There's so much energy that you just wasted. Yeah. Um. How's your knee now? It's great. Like, I got um, ACL surgery and uh, it's been two and a half years I think now, and it's been solid. I've been skating, doing everything, so. Yeah, I'm totally, I'm stoked everything worked out. You're not holding back at all when you're skating? Do you ever think about it? I mean, I skate differently um, now because it's, I used to just like jump down handrails, gaps, whatever, like without even thinking, stretching or anything. Now it's, I kind of choose my battles more, so. Yeah, that, that uh, ACL is... ACL, LCL, MCL, meniscus combination yeah. is the most fucked up thing. How did you, how did you even hurt it in the first place? I'm assuming it was skating. Yeah, it was skating kind of like a multiple um, incidences because I was skating a rail and uh, I kind of got wrapped around one of the crossbars and my leg hit it and it like jolted and that I think tore my MCL on the inside and like um, I've already been through like a lot of knee stuff so I was kind of freaked out and I didn't really want to go see a doctor about it because I was just like kind of nervous you know and I waited um, like a month and a half or so to see if it would heal and I started skating again but it was like still not there and I jumped down like this gap and it my whole leg just went so 
it was like a, it was a mistake on my hand just to not go to a doctor right away, you know? So is what it is. And so it was the MCL first. It was the MCL first. Yeah. Which my leg was unstable and, uh, I jumped down a gap and my whole leg just like went and snapped my ACL, uh, meniscus. And, um, I think it got PCL too. And they just like redid all the replaced all those ligaments and uh kind of a big surgery but uh yeah i just did my physical therapy and worked hard and eventually got back into skating how was pt what they have you doing uh it was it's good like uh i worked with this dude nick country who um he worked with like a lot of uh, skaters. He helped Sean Malto get his ankle back. And he was like a really good dude. And he helped me out a lot. And uh, I worked with him without with my other ACL surgeries because I've had three. Oh, shit. And uh, he helped me get through all that. But I mean, I was like drinking like doing a lot of drugs and that's not in really a good place like for my first few knee surgeries and uh the last one I was I got sober and worked with Nick and just did everything but it was like it's hard at first because your knee's so different you know like uh it doesn't feel this like after each surgery it feels different and there came a point where I was just like, man, like, I don't know if I can skate ever again, like the way I want to and, uh, whatever, just, I w- went up and down with it, you know, and, uh, but just didn't give up at the end. So it, I'm glad I kept at it and kept working because like, I'm at a point where I can skate the way I want to and my knee's strong and it feels good like not much problems with it so did you get sober because of the knee thing uh it was like a combination of stuff um like alcoholism has been in my family and uh it just got out of hand for me like just would be getting into trouble like i blacked out every time i drank and uh knee issues everything like my skating was going downhill so it was like a combination of a lot of stuff do you feel like boxing helped with that at all or uh i mean for sure like i kept me focused kept me like motivated to do something instead of just uh sitting around at home feeling sorry for myself Mm -hmm. you know so yeah i would say like keeping busy getting into something that you are actually like you love and are passionate about is a blessing so what was the process like to to getting fully sober were you doing like any programs or were you just kind of doing it i recently talked to someone they were they kind of just did it on their own shit but i know everybody has their own their own methods everyone has their own things that that work for them like um i was talking to i was talking to um Stu Kirst. And he mm-hmm. kind of did it on his own shit, more or less. 
Um, but then like we were talking to Andy, Andy Roy, and he was obviously he went through like a whole thing to be able to do it. But at the end of the day, like both of them ended where they ended, which is like, you know, being clean and sober. Um, how was how was your process like? Um, it was not easy. Like for me, I struggled a lot because it was, uh, I would get sober and then I wouldn't, and it was going on and off for like years. So it took, um, I think it just took a lot of, uh, like pain and suffering, I guess, to actually get me to like, be like, all right, like, that's it. And, you know, like I did, was doing AA for a bit. I would go on and off with that. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just, it was a constant battle for me. So, but eventually just was like, all right, enough is enough. Like my family, my dad struggles with it still. And it's like heartbreaking, you know, to see what drugs and alcohol do to like a lot of good people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like addiction is, is addiction in general is such a crazy thing because a lot of it is like psychological and mental and, and, uh, it's like very probably like, while there are things that are, are common throughout, um, it's very like inside of the individual. Um, like each person has their own little like version of it, you know, if, if that makes any sense and their own like version that they have to tackle with, medicine that is going to work for them in their own way so it's kind of hard to it's kind of like a crazy thing to approach and especially for like anyone but the person to fully understand how they feel and like what they're going through that's uh you know that's a crazy thing it's it's awesome that you're at where you're at now how long have you been how long have you been uh sober for um i about three years now like fully because i had like a couple slip-ups um but yeah, before that, like I had a couple years too, but it's just like, uh, um, I think a lot of stuff too is like a lot of mental health, um, when that gets brought up because a lot of people with mental health issues just drown it out with like substances. So it is like a tricky, tricky subject because you don't know what people are going through eternally. And, uh, to, there's just get people abuse like substances for different reasons, you know? Yeah. So what do you do today? Um, in terms of like your daily routine or your, like your daily life, if there was a point when you were like drinking a lot and doing all that stuff and now you're not, does anything take its place? Um, you know? like making a living off of skating you probably have like more free time or, or like time to decide what you want to do than most people so what do you do on a day-to-day basis um i just keep busy you know like i skate a lot um go to boxing a lot mm, there's a lot of downtime with skating i think that's like a lot of a problem for like a lot of skaters too is like dealing with the downtime but um, I mostly just keep busy, like 
I do a lot of stuff. I physically exhaust myself and uh, I go about it like I've just exchanged bad habits for good habits now and a lot of discipline. So you're boxing and skating at the same time right now? Mm-hmm. How's that? Uh, I mean, it's tiring too. Like, uh, it's hard to balance both of them at the same time because it's just like I love skateboarding so much too. And if I'm boxing too much, it uh, hurts my skateboarding. And if I'm skateboarding too much, I'm not boxing. So I've been trying to balance it out a little better. Um, when I'm not skating, I'll go to boxing. And when I am skating, it's like I just focus on that too. But for me, like I'm an obsessive person. So I uh, need to find like a better system to it. But I have been doing both like pretty uh persistently you have respect because that's a that's a you know i've tried to do that and i'm not a fucking pro skateboarder or you know what i mean like yeah i don't have to do that i don't have to skate and i don't have to do it on like a crazy level i could just go outside and sit on a bench you know what i mean um and i feel like for me it was it was and is difficult to maintain any type of balance when it comes to that shit extremely hard like yeah Cause I'll often think of myself as like a thing, you know what I mean? I'll be like, Oh, I'm like a skateboarder or like, Oh, I'm like a boxer. Like, Oh, I'm like a painter. Yeah. Oh, like, Oh, I'm a graffiti writer. Like I can't be skating too much. Like, cause, cause then what am I like? It'll be like a super subconscious thing. So I feel like that for me has, has, um, always been like a thing when you're boxing and skating. Do you ever, do you ever think that? Cause boxers like they dress and look, like every the culture is just completely different from skateboarding. Totally. And the people you're surrounded by. I think um like skateboarding and it's like I am a a skateboarder, you know? Like that's who I am. Um I've always been a skate rat, like always will be and uh I think boxing is just one of those things where it's like I've never been very like passionate about something besides skateboarding. So to me, it's like, um, it's worth investing like that much time and everything. But like, I don't consider myself a boxer. Um, like I don't fight amateurs or anything, even though I would like to, but that's like a whole different, uh, whole different thing. It takes a lot of like time and, like if I want to do it, I want to do it to my fullest ability too. So, but for the most part, like I, yeah, like I consider myself a skateboarder who enjoys boxing. That's so, um, what, what was your first, uh, when you started skating, you know, eventually you ended up starting to ride for companies and shit. What was the first setup of you riding for companies and how did that happen? Um, well, it wasn't, um, like I had a long period of time where I was just getting random stuff. My homie Donovan Piscopo, who he writes for Nike and hockey too. Um, I was kind of just like when he would ride for something, uh, he would help me out with like, uh, some stuff, but that one in a million show, kind of helped me get my foot in the door with uh zero and uh 
I was getting stuff from Vans too. So I would say like having done that contest and everything was like my start in skateboarding. Before that, there was like not much going on, you know? Yeah. How was it when you, when you started that? Did you feel, obviously you were probably extremely hyped, but then once you started doing that, did there ever come a point where, what was like the drawing line of you being able to like make more of a living off of skating? Uh, it was tough at first cause you're not making much, you know? And I was working, um, I was working pretty much full time and trying to skate on top of that. And it got to a point where I was starting to travel a lot with zero and it was like, I'm either going to do this or not. And I just decided to focus on skating not make much at first and you know like definitely exciting because I never really traveled much uh beforehand never really like went on any big trips or anything like that so it was like to get to see like across the states and everything was really cool so what was the first trip you went on like the first big one um I would say I went to uh, I went like across the country on a like zero DGK tour and it was like a two month long trip and that one just stands out to me because we literally drove from um, Carlsbad to Florida and skated like all over all over the states so I was like a big change for me because it was just like never been really outside of like California too much before that, you know. So to see like the East Coast, uh, a lot of like the southern states and like middle America and everything, it was just like a total change of scenery and everything. You drove, you guys drove the whole way. Oh, yeah. We drove 52 hours straight, like didn't stop it was it was like pretty <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was hectic you got any photos from that era uh i do i mean if i could probably dig them up but uh they were like i didn't have an iphone or anything they were just like old old phones so i don't know so from zero you ended up going to uh, alien right yeah when eventually um went to alien workshop and was there for a little bit and like that kind of was going south too because Avon Dill quit and everyone just started uh quitting these it was just like a alien workshop tried to like hold it together for a little bit without Avon Dill and Grant left and Dylan left and it kind of just like crumbled after that. I mean, they're still around, so they're still doing it. Uh, but as far as like that original team, everyone kind of went their separate ways and started hockey with uh, Benny and Donovan and been there since. How's that been? It's been great. It's like uh, to watch it expand to where it is now is like incredible 
So where are you at right now in terms of in terms of skating in your life? Like, where are your priorities, and are you filming for something? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've always been busy filming. Um, right now, I'm working on a video part for the uh, FA and hockey video that's going to come out maybe next year. So I've been working at that. Um, I've always just kept busy filming and everything. I've never really stopped. I'm like, I'm always trying to do something, you know? Does it feel weird? Um, sk- does it change when skating becomes kind of a sometimes a responsibility? You know, you still love it at the end of the day. It's like still what you grew up doing. It's still your passion and what you're invested in with or without paycheck. Um, but once, once like video parts have to be done or like photos have to be shot, um, how does that, how does that change it? Um, uh, I mean, it, skateboarding's tough, you know, like, uh, just from spots and everything. Like I've grew up, grown up skating Los Angeles my whole life. And you kind of get to a point where you're like, you just run out of stuff to like skate spots to skate and everything. And you're just like trying to find new stuff. So there's just like a constant battle going on, uh, with that but i think it's just uh when i have set my mind to something like if i'm working on a video part i'm going to do it to my best ability so no matter what happens i kind of just grind through it and figure out ways to go around it so it's kind of it's constantly changing constantly adapting how is it skating skating for nike that's great you you were on you were on vans before right yeah i was on vans and then uh moved to nike and just been there ever since it's it's great so they allow me to kind of have like a bit of a freedom like i'm not really asked to do too much i'm just like they want me doing my thing and like it's been great just writing for them and being able to be here now and make a living too is just like without that i wouldn't be skating today you know like professionally yeah yeah no that's that's crazy um you know i've talked to a decent amount of people who skate for a living and it's always like it's always like fascinating for me to hear about it because as someone who grew up skating and amongst my friends, like none of us are, none of us are pro or anything like that, or, or made it to be pro or like we maybe we'll know someone who made it to be pro or know someone who knows someone. But it's always like that thing that when you're younger, you kind of like, especially when you're really young and you first start skating, you're like, Oh, I got mad time. Like mm-hmm. I could get, I could get good enough or whatever. Or I could get, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I mean, you get there, I'm seeing, saying you, um, and it's pretty dope, you know, um, it's pretty dope because then you're just doing what you actually love to do for a living, something that's relevant to your life. And you're just working in the industry that you kind of came up in, probably with people who you fucked with probably before you knew them, you know? Yeah. No, it's a trip to like, because I was like a huge fan of Alien Workshop when I first started skating. Photosynthesis was like the first video uh, I've ever had. And Anthony Van England, Jason Dill, like 
those dudes were huge, you know, like at the DC video with Anthony and all that. So to grow up seeing those dudes and everything and then end up like working with them and skating with them all the time is just like a total dream come true, you know, like, um, and yeah, it's just like, you see, uh, a lot of my friends too, like Donovan, who's been my friend, like best friend for a long time, like him writing for the same companies and everything is just, um, that's another thing that usually doesn't happen, you know? So it's, it's been great. Like I love skateboarding. It's given me a lot and to just be here and like the position I'm in is awesome. How'd you meet, how'd you meet Donovan? I met Donovan at, uh, probably Cody's courtyard, which was like a, a little hockey rink that they set up ramps in Covina and we we're both really young, but he was like, um, he's always been really good, like kind of a hometown hero. So we used to skate that and, um, ended up linking with like one of the, a filmer that was like out of that area. And, um, I don't know, we've been friends ever since. And that's like over probably 20 years, like of just skating together and stuff. Cause you guys went from like company to company together, right? Like you guys kind of share the same sponsors and everything. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, he rode for zero and it's funny, like right when he left zero to go to workshop, I ended up riding for zero and, uh, eventually went to workshop too. But, uh, yeah, we've always kind of like, he rode for Nike first and I rode for Vans and then I eventually went to Nike. So it's been crazy. Like we go on trips together, like skate together all the time. So still nothing's really ever changed. You know, did shit, did shit change for you when you, when you got on Nike, um, as one of the bigger, I mean, not even forget skate, like shoe companies, period, or just companies, period. You think of like the top companies ever. You think of like Apple, McDonald's, Nike, like those are the, those are the behemoths of, of companies, you know, uh, skating for them. Has that, has that changed anything? Is it different from skating? Let's say for, they're still a big company, but let's say for Vans or not a shoe company, but like zero way smaller in comparison. Um, yeah, I mean, stuff did change, but at the end of the day, it's just like, I was still going to skate the way I skate. And, um, Vans was like, Vans is a pretty big corporation too. So Nike and Vans, like not that different in that actually like astrospec, but, um, I would say traveling's a little different and uh everything nike takes care of you um so working with different people too is uh i'd say that's the biggest difference when you when you're when you're traveling um like recently the tours you go on how long are they 
you're saying that two, that two month tour. Yeah, that was the longest one I've ever been on. Yeah, it's like when you're doing some shit like that, like it must be the it must be so fun. Like the longest tour, if you could call it that, that I've ever been on with homies was like last time we came to LA. It was like mm-hmm. me and two of my homies for like two weeks, just on some DIY shit, whatever. But that shit was so fun. Um, I can't imagine two months. You get back and it's like you don't even live at home anymore. Yeah, totally. Like, and especially just not even traveling much before that and just doing that. I was just like, wow, like, I guess this is it. But, <laughs> like, you know, it's uh, it's great. Like, I love traveling. Uh, nowadays, it's like I don't travel as much. But uh, there's still trips lined up for this uh, video that we're working on. And uh, we got to go to south korea which was pretty cool like a couple months ago and that was like an awesome experience too how is south korea i've never been that's great uh food's good like it kind of reminded me of like new york a little bit like um where we stayed and everything like everything was kind of like upbeat uh people are really friendly and there's like a lot of crazy skate spots too out there. Are they? Are they? Are any of them knobbed? You know, now in New York, it's like every fucking building that gets built, you know, shit comes knobbed. Yeah, I would like. It's very hard to skate in South Korea too, because like uh, everything is such a bust. Like you get kicked out of everywhere, so um, it's best to light up stuff and go skating at night and. Just like a lot of the buildings and everything, there's a lot of people on the streets, and um, yeah, like we got kicked out of everywhere. But uh, just seeing all the new spots and going to like different places, always a cool experience. Is it is it like China where um, a lot of the spots are super like just marble and super smooth? Uh, it's actually. I mean, there's, like, spots like that, but there's, like, a lot of, like, pretty cool rugged stuff out there. Um, A lot of hills, like, the ground's pretty bad in a lot of places, but uh, it's just a mixture of stuff. Like, they have marble plazas and everything, but they also have, like, some pretty cool, like, rough streets, so it's different. Yeah, what what do you got going on uh, for the future? Do you have any... Any plans or, or things that you're working on aside from the video and stuff? Um, gonna try to like film some stuff for uh, Nike video and just keep busy. That's my plan. It's just like I'm gonna skate and film and do whatever. I'm gonna box too. So you should you should fight, bro. My <laughs> I, like I've been talking about it with my trainer. And um, he's been trying to get me to do it for a bit now. Oh, he wants you to do it? Yeah, because I have, like, pretty good experience. Uh, it's just, um, I don't know. It's I've, If I were to do it, I would, like, be fully doing it. Oh, you yeah, know? you better better be full. You know what I mean? Like you, Yeah. You get really hurt in there. Yeah, for sure. So. And what's your, what do you weigh? Uh, right now, 200. There you go. Yeah. And giants, dude. Giants in the field. Yeah. That's a different 
it's a different type of weight. Yeah. Those dudes hit you. It's like a truck. Yeah. No, I there's started. There's a reason there's weight classes. Yeah. Uh, I used to be 230. Like when I first started, I lost 30 pounds like boxing and everything. So um, I owe that to boxing too. It's just like losing weight, getting in shape. Yes. Yeah, I actually wouldn't like to fight at maybe 185 if I can. So, but that's with cutting water, right? Yeah, with like cutting water. Um, I could lose like a little bit more weight too, just like walking around, like what I walk around at. So, we'll see. I mean, it's a goal of mine to eventually do it. Um, do people your height usually fight at 185? Is that the normal? Uh, I mean, I would be pretty tall for my that division for 185. Yeah, like. So we'll see, like from what I've heard and everything too, it's like amateur boxing. You don't know, you just show up and you register way in and everything. And then you don't even know who you're fighting until like a couple hours later. Yeah. And if they, sometimes they don't even match you up. So when you say match you up, they mean like similar experience. Yeah. They've like line you up similar experience. Um, like if you haven't fought before, they're gonna find a person that's like your division, who's only had like a couple fights or no fights at all. So yeah, they try to like match it up fairly. Um, but like I've heard of some like stories of like them getting matched up with like some dude who's just like way above their, uh, just like way better than them, you know, yeah. and they get like roasted so have you have you heard of uh, the tyson smoker fights yeah like in house early, early on like when when tyson would uh when mike tyson would go to fights when he was like i'm probably gonna butcher the age it's in it's in teddy atlas's book mm-hmm. um and they kind of talk about it maybe on some different interviews or whatever yeah but he was like pretty burly so he would go to fights smoker fights in in the south bronx from the catskills they drive over to the south bronx um and they just have like a smoker which is like a pretty much an unsanctioned event where like on some like there's rules and shit, but it's just like not, not, it's not legit, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, and then um, the person would just come up to you and be like, how many fights your fighter have? And the trainers would be like one. And Teddy Atlas would be like, if they said one, that means they had like six because they're always downplaying. If they say six, they say any number above like eight. That means they do don't fight that person. You know what I mean? Like they're lying crazy. And, they would try to sign up Mike Tyson and they'd be like, how old is he? And they'd be like 15 because he was 15 or whatever age he was. It was super young. Yeah. Um, and then they look at him and be like, dude, like stop playing. Like he's clearly not 15. And they'd be yeah. like, no, he's 15. And they'd be like, no, he's not. So then Teddy Atlas would be like, or, um, or whoever was bringing them to the fights mm-hmm. would be like, no, nah, f- so fuck it. Then he's 18. Then fuck it. You think he's 18. He's 18 when he wasn't. And then he would go fight like a 18, 19 year old, 20 year old. And, smoke them when he's 15 years old but yeah it was like at those crazy unsanctioned events like where it's kind of like amateur almost like below amateur like who knows what's going on yeah like in-house gym stuff yeah 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 i heard he was knocking out grown-ass men at like 15 16 so he was a special fighter for sure yeah he would like need new sparring partners like every day yeah he I couldn't imagine how many sparring partners that dude went through. Like, <laughs> yeah. That would not be fun. Nah. 
But um, yo, thanks for thanks for uh, coming on the show, man. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you guys. I appreciate it, yo. Yeah. Peace.